This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. We begin here in 2 Samuel chapter 24. And there were some things going on in the nation of Israel that wasn't good. And this, this prophet named Gad came to David and said, Hey, you, you got to go up and erect an altar to the Lord. And you're going to have to make some sacrifices. There's some things that you're going to have to do because it's not good what's going on. So pick up with me, 2 Samuel 24, verse 21. Then Aronah said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said to buy the threshing floor from you to build an altar to the Lord that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. Now what he's saying is I, I got to bring some sacrifice because there's, there's stuff that's going on that's not good. And Aaronah said to David, let my lord the king take and offer whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing implements and the yokes of the oxen for wood. All these, O king, Aaronah has given to the king. And Aaronah said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. Then the king, King David, said to Aaronah, No, but I will surely buy it you for a price. Nor will I burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. Now, when you read what he's talking about here, David insisted when he said that he could not present to God an offering that didn't cost him something. And so unless your giving costs you something, something that, that represents a, a portion of your life, then it's really not a living gift. And one translation said it this way. Don't offer a sacrifice that's not a sacrifice. So when you read what he's talking about, when you give a sacrifice, you give an offering to the Lord, every sacrifice is based on preference. And I, I pray at times that there's certain times when you give, it ought to really move you like, I'm stepping out, Father God, because th this is a desire that I have to, to really honor what you've done in my life, okay? Got to cost you something. Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight, even in the area you are given. And Lord, I, I pray you move in this area of our hearts tonight. That you would just touch us and let us realize, Father God, that there be a cost with the sacrifices we give back to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Turn with me to the book of, of Matthew chapter 17. We'll be in the book of Matthew all night tonight. So here we are, Matthew chapter 17. And I'm just going to give you little little nuggets of some faith again tonight. Remember that the outflow of faith is always based on the Word of God. Always. And it's just not that I believe the Word of God. It's also how I obey the Word of God. So it's one thing to hear the Word of God. It's another thing to believe the Word of God. And it's another thing to act on the Word of God. And just remember this, that when it comes to the Word of God, the normal response for most people to the Word of God is to reject it. It's a crazy thought. But that is the normal response for most people. They reject the Word of God and they say, I'm not going to do that. So we're going to get in here tonight and, and just believe that God's going to speak to us through His Word. So Matthew chapter 17, verse 24. And when they'd come to Capernaum, and we were in Capernaum last week, those who received the temple tax 
they came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? And so there were, there were tax collectors within the temple. And the temple tax was a, an annual tax for the maintenance of the temple. Actually, you can study that in Exodus 30s where that adds. It's back in the Old Testament. So they come into the temple and, and, and they pop off to Peter and says, does your, does your teacher pay the temple tax? Verse 25. And Peter said, yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon? So right here, Jesus posed this question and said, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes from? Their sons or from strangers? Now, I begin to look at that, and I, I thought, okay, from sons or, or strangers. Now, strangers were people that were conquered, that they conquered. So Jesus says to him, do the sons or the ones that have been conquered? He goes on to say, and Peter said to him, from strangers or the ones that were conquered, and Jesus replied to him, then the sons are free. Now, what this literally meant when he said the sons are free, if those who were running the temple and were taking these taxes knew who Jesus was, they wouldn't be asking Jesus to pay the temple but tax because guess what? He's the king. It's his temple. It's what he's talking about here. And so when this, when I read this, every one of us that become sons and daughters of God we benefit from the relationship of Jesus being the king. We get blessed because of him. And so that was really what he was telling Peter. But it's interesting what Jesus says. This is what I want to get to, verse 27. Nevertheless, lest we offend them. So Jesus said, hey, I don't want to stir up a conflict here, okay? Go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. So what, what the Lord Jesus does, he sends Peter back to his old occupation and remember that Peter was a fisherman. And, and so I, I want to read this again and then we'll finish the verse because this is really good. He said, nevertheless, let's within them. Go to the sea. So the first thing he says, go back to the sea, Peter. Cast in a hook. And take a fish that comes up first, and when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money, and take that and give that to them for me and you. Now, Peter was a fisherman. That's what he did for a living. And can you imagine the look on his face when Jesus said, go back to the sea, and I don't know if he was in a boat, I don't know if he was on the bank, I don't know if he was on a sea dew. But Jesus said, "Go back, put a fish, uh, a hook in its, the, uh, the, uh, put a hook in the water, and the first fish that comes up, when you open its mouth, you will find a piece of money." Now, can you imagine Peter looking at him? I'm sure Peter's looking at him, thinking, "Are you crazy?" Now, let me ask you a question: How many times do you think this has ever happened to Peter? I believe I can answer that. I don't believe this has ever happened. 
Now, I know there's some of you in here that like to fish. Let me ask you something. Has that ever happened to you? Why do I chuckle? Because think about this. It would take great faith for me to obey what Jesus said to do. It would take great faith for me. And so, Peter, I believe right here, he, he, he does what Jesus tells him to do. He obeys. And, and I highlight this. He obeys in an area that with the Lord's Jesus' command, it didn't, it didn't make sense up here. Have you ever noticed that? There's a lot of things in the Bible that don't make sense up here. When Jesus says, we're, we're to love those who do us wrong, I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, we're to bless those who curse us and pray for those who spitefully use us? And I look and think, that doesn't even make sense. But what I found out, that any time the Lord Jesus tells us to do something, and it doesn't commute up here, but you go ahead and step out and do it. You know what that is? That's your faith. So when I read this situation of what happened here with Peter, can you imagine how this story propelled Peter through the rest of his life? Now, I don't find it in the scriptures, but I wonder this. I wonder how many times Peter would tell people that story. And he'd say, hey, listen, i got to tell you a fishing story that took place to me. And so why I'm telling us this is when we step out and, and believe and obey Jesus, even when it doesn't make sense, it just strengthens our faith. When you look and think, I obeyed Jesus, and this is what happened. Now, I highlight that because there's so many areas of your life and my life, this is what's going to have to take place. Even when the word of God doesn't make sense. So a number of years ago, it, it was, I don't know, probably at least 10 years ago, maybe 15 now. After a Sunday morning, people were leaving the church and one of the teenage boys came up and me and he said, Pastor, I want to buy your little pickup. And I looked at him and I said, I didn't know my little pickup was for sale. And he said, but I want to buy your pickup. And I looked at him and I said, dude, I, I haven't even thought that it needed to be up for sale. I said, I'm not even going to respond to that. So I go home and me and Shell are sitting there eating lunch and I tell her what happens. And she looks at me and she says, you know you're not supposed to sell that to him. You're supposed to give it to him. And I looked at her and thought, I'm not receiving that. I, I don't want to hear that. And so I remember I just sat there and looked at her. And I thought, this is crazy. I, I come out from church and this guy wants to buy my pickup and it's not for sale. And then I get home and my wife says, you're supposed to give it to him. So I don't know if you've ever tried to digest the word of God day after day. So throughout the next week, man, every time I'd come in here and pray, the Lord would begin to deal with me and say, you're supposed to give him that truck. Now, how many of you ever played tug of war with Jesus and I'm not doing that? I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm not. Uh -uh. And so when Friday came around, I got home and I looked at her and said, you need to get in the files 
and get that title out. And she just kind of looked at me. And so the next day we showed up at his house and I said, here's the keys to your truck and here's the title. And he said, what do I owe you? And I said, you don't owe me nothing. So does that make sense up here? No, not a bit. But there's times it'll make sense here. And you know, the Lord said in, in Romans 8, 14, he said, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And then Romans 8, 16, the apostle Paul said, the Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit. That's what begins to take place. And I think on those lines, even with Peter that day, that when the Lord said, go throw that hook out there, and that first one, there's going to be money. Again, it may not make sense up here. But something begins to happen in here. And everything begins to change. I don't care who you are. Now, turn to your right just a couple pages, or to your left, I mean, back to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And a lot of times when, when I begin to speak on things, whether it's Wednesday night or Sunday mornings, you'll kind of get an idea at times where I'm reading in my Bible, in my personal reading, and the Bible will just come alive with you. Just come alive. Now, if the Bible doesn't come alive with you when you're reading it, I, I ask you to begin to ask God to grace you. I ask you to ask God to say, Holy Spirit, come. That the, the Lord said in John 16 that referring to the Holy Spirit, He's the Spirit of truth. He'll lead you and guide you into the truth. The problem is many times we don't ask the Holy Spirit and come in. Now, the Lord said in, in Hebrews 4, verses 12, he said the Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. If the Word of God is not alive within it, you need to ask God to help you. And what begins to happen is, I mean, you, you begin to come to a place where you're like, i got to read my Bible today. i got to get into the Word. i got to get... And when you get in the Word... Faith will begin to happen. How do we know that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you got to get God. You, you get in God's word and God will get in you. He'll begin to move in you. Matthew chapter 15. We begin here in verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon or Sidon. Now, you got to highlight something here or hear this. Jesus went through northern Israel and, and he goes into this non-Jewish region which would be a Gentile region and these two words they were on the Mediterranean Sea on the coast right on the area of the Syrian borders where they were and the Old Testament prophets they denounced these Gentile cities and they said they are wicked they're just wicked. They are wicked folk. So Jesus goes into this region that's been labeled wicked. Verse number 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region. So to understand this a little more, this woman from Canaan, she's a Canaanite, so literally means she's a Gentile. She's a non-Jew. Now remember this, with the Jew, these were no-nos. You wouldn't go around them, but yet Jesus does. 
So we keep reading, this woman of Canaan came from that region and she cried out to Jesus and said, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Oh Lord. It's interesting, she addresses Jesus as Lord and then she says another word, son of David, which that statement there, when you read the Bible and it says son of David, it is literally talking about the Jewish Messiah. That's who this is. So these are all things that, that the Bible and the prophets would talk about. And so she says, Oh Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. She's afflicted. She's jacked up. So this is the first problem we see. Her daughter's demon-possessed. Now, I don't know if you've ever studied the scripture or that, but demon possession still takes place. The name of Jesus is above that, okay? You know, I'm just going to highlight this just for a second for you. Before I knew Jesus, I, I was jacked up. Anybody ever been jacked up to? I, man, I read that, and so... There were times in my life that the, the devil would manifest. And so my brother had gotten born again. And at that time, we shared a bedroom. And I, I don't remember this at night, but he said there was nights that I would turn and just sideways, just give him a donkey kick, just And he realized that I'm in my sleep. And so one night it gets really, really, really crazy. So much that I had been asleep and I wake up and I have this big belt and this big belt buckle in my hand and he's screaming at me in the name of Jesus. And I wake up and I look and he's up on the dresser in the corner and I got this belt and I'm going at him. I'm not aware of any of this until I wake up. So I'd given my heart to Jesus, and one day he told me this. He said, I got wherever time I'd get in bed, I would use the name of Jesus on you because what was taking place. So then he, he dropped this bomb on me. And he said, one day in prayer, I asked the Lord, I said, Father God, why is my brother so messed up? Why is my brother so jacked up? And you know what the Lord said to him? It's because all that junky music he listens to. Don't think that music doesn't play an impact. What music did I listen to? I'm on the highway to hell. I, I sang death after death. I mean, I could give you all those old bands, and that's all I knew. And so don't, don't mess around with this stuff. This is the name of Jesus. So that's really not what I was talking about, but I believe somebody need to hear that. The name of Jesus. Do you know in Mark 16 in the Great Commission, he said, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick in my name, and he said, cast out devils in my name. In other words, don't put up with the devil. So how do you just in the name of Jesus? So we keep reading. My daughter is severely demon-possessed, but Jesus answered her not a word. Jesus doesn't respond. Now that's problem number two. Jesus doesn't respond. 
So when Jesus doesn't respond, do we quit? Do we give up even though she's addressed him as Lord? And, and when I read that, I thought, how many of you have ever seemed like you pray and you called heaven and I got a busy signal? I'm like, I'm calling heaven and nobody answers. So when that happens, do you quit? Do you give up? Do you stop going after the things of God? See, this is what this, this passage will reveal. And so he goes on to say, but he answered him not a word. And then his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. And so the disciples, they're like, get rid of this woman. She's, she's persistent in begging. We, we need to just shut her up. And so the third problem now is his own disciples, they're oblivious to this lady's need. They could care less. Verse 24, but Jesus answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Meaning, Jesus' comment was, I was sent on a mission for the Jews, not the Gentiles. Now, in Romans 1, it deals with that, okay? The Lord Jesus said to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. But when you look at this passage, Jesus knew he went into a Gentile territory. He knew that's where he was. And so he also knew he was on a Gentile mission. So why would Jesus say these things to her? We'll just keep reading. So he said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him. Then she came and she bowed down before Jesus and she said, Lord, Help me. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of us in this room, when Jesus would respond that way, would we have just walked off? Would we would just left? Would we have just given up? See, many times when things like that happen, we as human beings, we have the thought, well, it must not be God's will today. But yet, when I read this, this was a woman who wouldn't take no for an answer. So Jesus tells her all his stuff, and then she comes down, bows and worships, and says, I need your help today. Keep reading. But Jesus answered and said, This is incredible. It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now that's a whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that's a time out. And, and when I look at that and read that, sometimes it'd be very easy to look and say, did Jesus just insult that woman and call her a dog? You got to realize that was the, the word sometimes Jews would use for Gentiles. But the truth of the matter was this, that he was telling her, I'm to feed the children of Israel, the Jews first. Just as a parent, you would feed your children before you would feed the house pet. Now, here's another point. You got to see this. If Jesus made that comment to you, would you say, that's enough. I'm done. I'm, I'm not listening to this anymore. 
But watch this woman's reaction. And she said, yes, Lord, you're right. It's interesting that she doesn't argue with the Lord Jesus. She said, yes, Lord. Now listen, yet even the little dogs eat and the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Even though the puppies don't eat first, they still get to eat even if it's a crumb. And so literally what she says here to the Lord, Lord Jesus, even if all I get is your crumbs and your leftovers that fall from the master's table, I'll still eat those. So you know what's screaming at me and you from this? And this woman has the robe of humility. I mean, she, she is as humble as they come when she's like, yep, you're right, I'm a little dog and I'm okay with that as long as I get to eat at the master's table. But another thing that stood out for me, for me is this, was her persistence. You know what, her persistence, I, I love to use this to help people. It's like this woman had bulldog faith. And you know what bulldog faith is? She bit down and she said, I'm not leaving until I get help. And so Jesus is watching all this. Now you got to think about how all this took place. Little dog and all the things that Jesus says. And, and so she, she says that to him, that I'll still eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Now watch this in verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said to her, A woman, great is your faith. And so we got to stop. We got to rewind again. The Lord Jesus said, woman, your faith is great or great is your faith. Now, you don't find that that often in the Bible when he said that. And so I go back and we got to dissect it just a little bit. Think, okay, why did Jesus say that? She wouldn't take no for an answer. And she came to Jesus in faith, but Jesus was moving more and more and more and more. And I believe what Jesus was doing, Jesus was watching this woman's faith deepen and get stronger and stronger. And I believe great faith is a result of persistent faith. And I'm like, uh-uh. I'm not going anywhere. And he said, great is your faith. Let it to be to you as you desire. And so the Canaanite woman, just like me and you, she needed his grace. She came just as she was and she persevered over and over even in a series of difficulties. And so when I read that, my, my prayer was this. Lord, draw me a little closer. Pull me deeper than I've ever been before. And I believe that's what began to move Jesus. That this lady was like, I look to you, Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith it's impossible to please God. For he comes to God, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, when I use the word diligent, what comes to your mind right there? Man, diligent, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm not going anywhere. 
I believe in reading this passage, this woman's diligence is what moved Jesus. And, and just because your prayers don't get answered immediately, don't give up. Don't quit. I mean, I think it's a season in our lives where you keep pursuing day by day by day, whatever you're believing God. And it's like, I, I got to have this bulldog face, this steadfast faith that I keep, I keep looking to Jesus even when things don't go my way, even when it's not on my time. Now, let me end with this. Year, years ago, I, I was needing a good job. And so back then it was called Southwestern Public Service, which is now XL Energy. They had an opening, one position. The guy that would do the hiring was my little league baseball coach, and he said, hey, you got to come and take a test. He said, if you score high enough in the test, I may be able to help you. So I go and take the test. 300 people there for one job. So they start weeding it down and I get into the top five and like, oh my gosh, God, you're moving, you're moving. Me and Shelly are praying, we're believing God. They get down to two, me and another guy. They bring us in to tell us who's getting the job and he gave the job to the other guy. Now you're talking about the agony of defeat. I was like, oh Lord, what just happened? So I remember I went home that day and I looked at Shelly and I said, I don't know what just happened. I don't know why the Lord would go from 300 to 5 to 2 to 1 and then I don't get it. I don't understand. And she looked at me and she said, I believe God's got something better for, for you. And I thought, I'm crazy. That's... So we kept praying. We just kept praying. We said, Father God, you know what's going on. Two weeks later, the same guy who told me I didn't give you the job he called me back and said, hey, can you come back down here? And I said, yeah. So I go back down there and he said, I could never tell you this, but we are an electric company and we're getting ready to sell the water department to a whole other group. And he said, the reason I didn't give you that job because this job is better. And he said, this job, you'll have a lot more area to advance and everything. And I looked and I thought, Thank God when things don't go your way, don't quit, okay? Don't give up. Continue to say, Father God, I trust you, I trust you. And you know what? What he told me was true. I started and just the goodness of God was upon me. And so I say that to some of you in here today. Just because things aren't going well, don't give up that persistence, that steadfast faith. Just keep believing the word of God and keep hanging out with Jesus. And God moves, okay? Why don't you stand up here? You guys are quiet tonight. Let me pray over you right now. If you feel comfortable here, raise your hands here to heaven with me and just want to speak a blessing over you. Father God, we come before you right now. And Lord, I know there's many in here that are in situations that they're trusting you and believing you. And so Father God, right now, we pray over everyone in here that an anointing of persistence would come upon us. That we would continue to seek you and love you and call out to you. And Father God, that 
you would pull us a little closer and draw us a little deeper tonight. And Father God, over ones in here right now that if there's frustration, the Lord, we ask that you would, you would stir up hope where there's been no hope. And Father God, you would, you would move in this area. So Father God, just like the Canaanite woman here as we stand before you, Oh, Lord, we, we look to you. And Father God, help us. Help us to get to a place in life where we believe you, we acknowledge you, and we receive everything that you say in the Bible. And we give you glory for that in Thank Jesus. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.